welcome to The Journey is Real. I'm CJ Peterson, and we're talking to real people with real passions, sharing their real hearts. Today, my guest is Kat Likens. We're talking about her passion, which is adoption. And searching around, I found a statistic that was staggering. It just kind of blew my mind. It says 135,000 children are adopted in the United States each year. Of non-step parent adoptions, about 59% are from child welfare or foster system. 26% are from other countries, and 15% are voluntarily relinquished American babies. The number to me just blows my mind. I mean, I, I was adopted, so my family chose me, and I, I kind of take that to heart, and I'm really excited about that. But because of that, my life went to a completely different level. Um, you have a very unique perspective in this, as you have three that are adopted, and one that was born to the family. So they're all family in heart, yeah. and they're all family, you know, might not be blood, but they are in heart. And to me, I just, I love that. Can you, I do want to thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your hectic schedule. Um, no problem. Taking care of four little ones. <laughs> Cannot imagine that's easy, plus you're doing college, so. Yes. <laughs> so it just sounds crazy. Um, can you share a little bit about the unique circumstances that led you to adoption to begin with? So my husband and I, we um, have been best friends since my husband was in eighth grade. Um, just grew up together, never dated, but just grew up together. And finally, we started dating whenever I was like 28. I mean, a long time had passed. Um, and we got married and we knew that we were, I was a little bit older and um, we wanted to start a family pretty quickly. Um, and so... We talked about that and we said, you know, what does that look like for us? And so anyways, we wanted to start a family fairly quickly. So we tried and tried and um, years went by and we um, were struggling with infertility, but also just kind of like the Lord's timing. And we just didn't know if things just weren't falling into place. And um, so we went to an infertility specialist and I was checked out. He was checked out and nothing was wrong with me and nothing was wrong with him. And so I kind of took that as that was a little harder to hear because if something is wrong, we have a plan, we can fix it. Mm -hmm. But if nothing's wrong, what do you do? Yeah. So it, it was hard to hear. Um, and so we are, just took the advice of our infertility specialist and he said, you know, there's a myriad of things that we can do. Um, we started off with just basic Clomid, um, which is just a pill that you take that just increases your fertility. And so we started with that and did multiple rounds and nothing worked. And then we moved on to a little more aggressive. We did um, five rounds of IUI, which is interuterine insemination. And um, none of them. At, yeah, five rounds and at about six to $800 a pop. It was an expensive time. Um, and plus, during all of that, I was being, you know, my husband says poked and prodded and tested and all these things were going on. And again, five failed rounds of IUI, nothing was happening. And so um, he finally just said to me one day, I'm tired of you being tested on. He said, you know, I, we had always kind of thought of maybe adoption in the future. Um, didn't necessarily think that was where we were going to go originally. Um, but that was always kind of in the back of our minds. And so he said, let's just move forward with that. And so that was, um, I was a teacher at the time and that was spring break 
time, roughly middle of March, um, and I researched a few adoption agencies here in the East Texas area, and I filled out a form with one of our agencies. They're called Christian Homes and Family Services, and I filled out the paperwork over spring break. How did you decide on that one? Um, honestly, just a lot of research. I didn't have any, you know, nothing was pulling me one way or the other. We just, I did a lot of research and then I honestly just kind of prayed about it about the last two or three, um, agencies that I kind of came down to. And the Lord just was like, this is the one I want you to go with. And it has been, which one, which one was it's called Christian homes and family services. Okay. Um, Tyler and Abel. And so they have been amazing. Um, I filled out the paperwork with them over spring break. And so that's, you know, middle of March. And then we went to a kind of like a training. They do an all day training um, just to get all of your, because with foster care, you have so many hours of trainings that you have to have for different, you know, trauma and seat belts and all these different things that they make you get certified in. Um, and so we went to an all day training and basically that's where we met Carter, our little girl. Um, we walked in and Carter was without going into detail on her story. Um, cause I believe that's her story to tell whenever yep. she gets older. Mm -hmm. Um, but without going into detail, she was severely abused. Um, she basically had to be kind of carried on like a pillow, um, for a few months just because of her body was so tender. Oh. So we go to this meeting and Carter was there and the family that had her, the foster family that had her at the time, they said to everyone, Hey, don't, don't pick her up. Don't touch her because she's very tender. We have her, we know how to hold her without hurting her. So just let us do it. And I was like, I'm not touching that baby <laughs> because I'm terrified I'm going to hurt her. And so we go about our day and we break for lunch. And all of a sudden I can't find Nathan, my husband. And if you've ever met Nathan, Nathan is a very large man. He's almost six, five, and he's just, he's a big presence when he walks into a room. And so we broke for lunch and I couldn't find him. And I was like, how did I misplace my six, five husband? Like, where did he go? <laughs> you know, he's large. I can't <laughs> he's just misplace hard. Mine's six foot four. So I get it. It's like, yeah, yeah. Misplace exactly. a guy that tall. Exactly. So I went back into the living room and he is sitting there holding this baby. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're not supposed to touch her. And he's, he told me, he said, I never heard them say that. So, and he was standing right next to me whenever they said it. So huh. I truly believe, I mean, he swears up and down. I never heard them say, don't touch her. And so I truly believe the Lord just like closed his ears to that because he held her the rest of the afternoon. Um, we left, that was on a Saturday. We left and he said, whenever we left, he said, I need you to call on Monday and check on the status of that baby girl that I held um, today. And I was like, why? And he said, because we're supposed to have her. And I said, what oh, do you mean? Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. I said, what do you mean we're supposed to have her? And he said, she's supposed to be ours. And I said, okay, here's the deal. I understand the Lord says the man is supposed to lead, but this is a baby. <laughs> and I don't know if I trust you that much because this is huge. And um, he's like, just calm down. <laughs> he basically was like, hush your mouth, calm down. I need you to call and check to see what her status is. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, whatever, you know? And so on Monday, um, I called our agency and I said, okay, I have something kind of crazy. Nathan wanted me to check on the status of that little girl. And our agency office said, actually, um, I've already started paperwork. She's going to come to y'all. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> she said I saw Nathan holding her and I knew like that's that baby is supposed to be with them and oh, so, so sweet that it, was, so cool. it was awesome like yeah and so that really started our journey like I said I filled out the paperwork to join our agency in March we met Carter April 9th and she was with us in the during the summer um was when she came to us. so it was super fast that's not the case all the time obviously um it was just super, super fast. Um, our other two boys, you have two more. Yes. Yes. Our other two boys, another funny story with Cameron, our middle boy, um, our oldest middle boy. Um, he, I was, like I said, I was teaching at the time and, um, Anna, our agency worker, she called me and she said, Hey, I have a African-American two days old baby boy. He's at the hospital. They're, um, you know, letting him go today and we have no place for him to go. And I was like, oh my gosh, let me call Nathan real quick. So I called Nathan over and over and over again. I could not get in touch with him. And so finally I called her back and I said, we'll take him. And she's like, okay, great. Nathan said, yes. I said, no, I didn't even talk to Nathan. <laughs> right. She said, what? And she's well, like, I said, you I, Carter, you're going to surprise him. Exactly. It's my turn now. And so, um, Nathan called me about 30 minutes later and I said, uh, I may have done something. Surprise. <laughs> we have a two day old baby boy coming to our house. Uh, and he was like, what? <laughs> Carter was out so, at that point. Carter was, um, let's see about 15 months old. Wow. So yeah, they're, they're about 15, 16 months apart. Um, so life instantly got even crazier. Um, Cam, he came to us, at, like I said, at two days old and he was just newborn baby boy. And I called my parents, we FaceTimed them and FaceTimed his family. And I was like, look at what we did. <laughs> yeah. And so with Cameron, um, Carter, her case was a little more, um, open shut. We didn't really have, um, a lot of the other issues that kind of go on with foster care. Um, with Cameron, things were a little more open, uh, with, we had to do visitation with his family, um, with his biological family. Um, his biological mother tried to work services that, you know, the judge gives you a list of services for the biological family to work mm -hmm. to, in order to try and get their child back. Um, so she tried to do those things for a while. So we had to deal with that side of it, which we had never dealt with. Um, so it was the same thing that we had gone through with Carter, but at the same time, a totally different side of it. Um, so that, you know, another that level had, of, yeah, exactly exactly um and so we um carter to cameron is 15 to 16 months and then 17 months later we got Cade. <laughs> so our children are super super stacked on top of each other so what um, were Cade's circumstances were they similar to cameron's or similar to carter's um they were he was kind of in the middle um no parent involvement um but not his story was similar to Cameron's. Um, both boys had drug, um, drug exposure. Um, but you know, Carter's was the abuse and stuff. And so he, his story was similar to Cameron's, but not the biological family in the picture. Um, so now here was, you are, you've got three little ones with, you know, yeah. 15, 16 months split and all of a sudden surprise number four comes from exactly. God. Says, Hello. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we had tried at this point, we've now been trying or not, not necessarily trying, but not preventing for six years. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of a sudden I said, you know, I, we haven't been tracking anything. I haven't been, I have not been paying attention to anything body wise at all. 
And I said, I feel like I just need to take a pregnancy test. <laughs> and so I did. And it was May 1st and it was positive. And I looked in the mirror for a good CJ. I bet I looked for six to seven minutes in the mirror, just like, Oh my God. Fine. I wouldn't have known what to do. Well, a part of me was so excited and the other part of me was completely terrified. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> going to have four, four and under. We're about to have four kids under four years old. And I mean, you know, I remember back whenever we had been married two years, three years, and we'd been trying and trying. I remember nights crying and just desperation, just a true deep hole of, you know, why, why is, I, that was just my question over and over again. Why, 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 why is this happening to us? Um, and then we got Carter and I firmly believe she is the answer to our why. Um, if we never would have struggled with infertility, we never would have, have had gotten Carter. Um, then, you know, Cameron or came along. Or Cameron. Exactly. And um, in between Cameron and Cade, I was, I got pregnant and I, we had a miscarriage. I was 11 weeks along and we had a miscarriage. And that was again, a dark, dark time. Um, I've, I've never been depressed like that. Um, and, but again, hindsight is 2020. And if we would not have had the miscarriage, we would not have had Cade. Mm -hmm. So the Lord completely had his hand in all of it. Um, so now fast forward, we have a fourth baby on the way and Nathan had been wanting a little girl so bad, another little girl. So we have Carter, who's our girl, that's the oldest. And we have two boys sandwiched in the middle. And so this fourth baby's coming and I'm like, Lord, please let it be a girl because I can't do five. <laughs> and so we went to our appointment with our doctor and he said, how far along do you think we are? And I said, uh, I don't know. I said, I really haven't been tracking anything. I'm guessing eight to 10 weeks. And so he does a sonogram and he says, well, and I said, if you tell me there's twins in there, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> and he said, no, 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 not twins. He said, but, um, we were a little off on our dates and I was like, oh, like 10 or 11 weeks. And he said, no, like 17. And I said, what? Wow. So I missed the whole first half of my pregnancy. I was never sick. I was never over. I mean, I was tired, but I have three kids, you know, so I'm always tired. Past, but you got past that point, but a lot, most women and I yes. said, know, because I, can't have children and I miscarry multiple times and it was usually yes. the 12 week mark yes so it was kind of like you're afraid to tell anybody and yes. then you have to deal with the whole miscarriage in and of itself by yes. yourself because you didn't want to tell anybody right when I, well, you I were told past that. That. yes I said you know I think again that was the Lord's hand just kind of because he knows I would have been a nervous wreck because of already having a miscarriage that if I would have found out you know it's five to six weeks I would have been just a wreck. And so me being completely oblivious to it, I had no idea until, like I said, 17 weeks. And so we were halfway through. And at that first doctor appointment, we were able to do genetic testing and find out the gender. And I did like four appointments in, in my very first appointment. So okay. it was crazy. So now, you know, again, nine months or not even nine months later, six months later, um, we have four kids under four. Um, I feel like I've been through all gamuts of things. You know, we've had, we've struggled with infertility. It's a baby girl. It was Campbell. Yes, it was a baby girl. Yes, yes. So thank the Lord. Answer prayer again. <laughs> um, yeah, Campbell. She's the cutie little, little caboose to our family. Um, and so we, um, you know, I feel like I've struggled with infertility and a miscarriage and adoption and pregnancy and labor. And so I feel like, I've kind of gone through a whole gamut of 
things. You've done the whole thing. I've done all of it. Yeah. And so I'm able to relate to a lot of people um, whenever they talk about things or whenever they're struggling with stuff um, just because I've been there. Um, and I totally get it. And sometimes, you know, people will say, oh, you know, it, it's the Lord's timing. And, 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 and I believe it is the Lord's timing. But sometimes you just want to punch that person in the face and say, you know what? That's not what I needed to hear right now. <laughs> you know, you know, it still hurts. hurts. You yeah. still have to process it. You still have to go through it. Exactly. Um, with the two in the middle, the two boys. Um, yes. You know me, I like to address certain situations. Yes. They are all adorable. And they Thank are you. all <laughs> Um, but the two middle ones hold actually a little bit more special place in my heart because they are yes. so and cute and they're African-Americans. My question is, what type yes. of challenges do you guys face as a mixed family? You know, whenever, it's a different type of blended. It is. Whenever you are a foster family, you are able to be as quote unquote picky as you want. Um, you can pick what gender you get, um, you know, or what gender you're open to, what race age, anything. You can be as picky as you want. And Nathan and I, we both sat down and we said, we're not picky. The Lord has called us to be moms and dads and we just want babies. Um, we know that we're called to be a family and we just want the Lord to bless us with a family. And so we were never picky. So whenever they called and said, we have a two day old African-American baby boy that needs a home, it didn't affect me at all. It was just bring him to me. Um, so both of our boys, yeah, both of our boys are African-American. Um, so far that has not obviously presented a challenge. Um, they are one and two and a half. Um, they are the cutest little guys you've ever seen. Um, that I, obviously I know in the future that could raise challenges for us. Um, basically my husband and I have talked about it and we have just kind of opened our hearts to we're going to be there for them. We know it's not going to be the easiest thing for them of, you know, I'm a black child raised by two white parents. Um, they will have, you know, friends that say stuff. They will have, you know, other adults that say stuff to them. Um, and just to kind of be there for them and be open and have an open heart for them. Um, just to kind of see where the Lord takes us. And again, we're still going through tons of prayer and tons of, you know, just being there for them because, you know, we're not there yet. We don't know what that looks like. Um, but, I think we'll be, I think we'll be fine. And, you know, the Lord just, it, it doesn't matter about the skin. You know, the Lord just wants us to love those babies like our own. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, I totally agree. I guess, <laughs> um, my husband was former military and a favorite saying among them is we all bleed red. Yes. So, you know, it's a person is a person is a person. Just right. They may be a little bit more tan than some others. Exactly. Yes. More yes. Pale than some others. Yes. I know. Yeah. So, I know. That's what we have, you know, my two little black boys, we have them sandwiched in the middle. So, and my two little white girls on the outside, and like we have a little reverse double stuffed Oreo. My little black boys, <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> that is cute. I like that though. I really appreciate it. Um, do you have any advice? For people who are going through this infertility, who are considering other options, for that young teenage girl who would be pregnant considering adoption, I know that's, that's a wide gamut, but we right. Have time. Um, it's I will say for parents or people that are just going through infertility, it seems like the end of the world. Um, it's not, obviously. Um, again, I've been through all the different sides of it. And each stage has been so hard, but at the same time, through the Lord and through Nathan, 
we've been able to survive it. Um, again, that's been, there's been some dark times, but looking back, it's, like I said, Carter is the reason to our why for our, you know, our years and years of infertility. There's always going to be a reason to your why. Um, and seeing that now helps me tons. Um, for the people that are going through, um, that are looking into foster to adopt, um, it is, I will say it is the absolute hardest thing I've ever done. Completely giving yourself up to those children that may stay with you or they may go back to their parents or they may go to another relative. Um, my friend of mine has said, you know, you're not called to just hold on to them and kind of help them. You're called to love them and completely give yourself to them. And my job is to love them for a season, whether that season is they stay with me for three days or they stay with me for three months or they stay with me for a year or if they stay with me for forever. I'm called to love those babies for a season, not to love them any less than I would my own child. And so I have just kind of gone into, and that's been hard because you don't know, again, if that child is going to stay with you. With Cameron, we didn't know at, at sometimes, you know, if he was going to be with us forever if he was going to be a forever Ledkins. <laughs> um, and, and that's, that was hard um, to not hard to love him, but hard to wrap my mind as the adult around it. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I, he, he didn't necessarily have a hard time bonding with Cameron, but he was nervous. He, he told me at one point whenever we first got Cameron, I don't know if I can love another baby as much as I love Carter. And I said, well, if that's the case, we need to stop fostering and adopting. We need to just be done with Carter. Um, I said, but um, we are at this point, we're 30 years old, 31, 32. And I said, we're 30 years old. If he leaves, yes, it will hurt, but we can get over it. Mm -hmm. He is two weeks old and has no one. So we have to give him everything that we have. Um, and he completely agreed. And so... Mm -hmm. Just kind of like a wake up call of they don't have anything, so you have to give everything to them. Um, you know, some people um, will say, you know, what can I do to help with foster to foster care? What can I do to um, lighten the load for foster families? And anything that you know, making a meal or taking something to a foster care agency, like something as easy as a suitcase. You know, some kids show up at um, homes with a trash bag. You know, how would you like to go and all that you have? And your for your entire life is shoved into a trash bag. It's just it's horrible. Um, so the I mean the smallest thing a duffel bag or a suitcase that they can put their stuff in and just feel human. You know, um, I always anytime that like Campbell she just outgrew the newborn size clothes and I mean she had tons of clothes that she never even wore still had tags on it. So I took that to our adoption agency and I said you know we we don't need this anymore because we're done. <laughs> um, but there's you thought there. you were done yeah. As of right now, we're done. <laughs> thought you were done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, I said, you know, it's just taking clothes or diapers or wipes or anything like that that, um, you know, that foster families can use just to help because it's a hard time to be a foster family. Um, whenever you, lots of people don't know, whenever you're a foster family, you can't just call up your next door neighbor and have them babysit your kids. Um, they have to be background checked and certified and all these different things in order to babysit your children. So the only people that could really watch our kids while we were foster families was my parents or Nathan's parents. So that limited date nights and just, I mean, just anything going and doing anything 
if we needed someone to watch the kids, it was really just my parents or his parents that could do it. So you're limited on that. And so getting um, certified to help in that capacity to be a, a respite or a babysitter um, is just an awesome way to kind of give back as well. Mm-hmm. Now, what agency did you use again? Christian Homes and Family Services. Okay. Is there a website that people can find that if they want to? Um, Yes, um, I will get that to you and you can post it. <laughs> I'll post it with the interview then. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. You are no just problem. an awesome family. Um, you thank you. Are abundantly blessed in every aspect. And again, I want to thank you so much for sharing your heart. Um, thank you all for listening to and watching The Journey is Real. I'm CJ Peterson and we speak with real people real passions, sharing their real hearts. So thank you so much, Ms. Ladkins. We appreciate you. Thank you.